Welcome to another edition of Dick's Picks here on this Wednesday night, folks. Glad to be back on. Obviously, no Dick Mendes. We'll get him back on uh, as football season slowly approaches here. I mean, college football and you know NFL, these guys are going to camp here in the next two to three weeks. Um, we got a lot to cover tonight. You know, a lot's been happening. Glad to be back. Uh, I want to start off tonight with golf. I mean, the British Open starting uh, tomorrow should be a great tournament. Uh, a couple guys that I was eyeing is Jordan Spieth. I, I like him in this tournament. He was second last year, one of Dick Mendes' guys. Um, I like him. Uh, Will Zalatoris, I mean, this guy's been knocking on the door uh, of trying to win a major. He was in a playoff in the PGA Championship with Thomas, and he loses. You know, he had the lead against uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, lost that, you know, but was battling. It came down to the last um, last shot. He could have tied it, you know, heading to the playoff, just missed the, the birdie attempt. Um, so, I mean, he's, he's been playing really good in all these majors, really his entire career. He's just really overdue to win. And then I look at a guy like Shane Lowry really plays well in these British opens, um, in the course that they're at. So those are the three guys I'm really looking at. I know Morikawa, my guy won last year, obviously got two majors already, but he, he hasn't been the same. Uh, another interesting golf topic though has really been this live golf series, Really all started with Phil Mickelson being a dick and going over there and playing uh, and, you know, talking about it and kind of down in the PGA Tour. Um, no one likes the way he handled it. I think he lost a lot of respect throughout the process. And some of these other guys, too. I mean, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, oh, I'll never go play. Or then, boom, they go and play. I mean, just hypocritical. If you're going to go do it, do it. I don't blame them, you know, to an extent because of the money. I mean, it's just – it's hard to turn down. I mean, just – some of this money is life-changing for them and their families. I know the PGA pays them well, but this is, you know, a lot more. Would I go and do it? Probably not, you know, because just morals and values with, you know, the way Saudi Arabia operates and, and you know, the blood money and it just, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't do it, but I don't blame them for the money. And, you know, really, at the end of the day, these, these majors for golf, maybe they need to make more of them because, I mean, that's, you know, that's what the uh, what these guys play for. I mean, some of these other tournaments, I mean, I'm not sure. Um, but then you could argue, you know, you're not playing against the best guys week in and week out like you are in the PGA. A lot of these young guys, I mean, it's just, you know, young young guys coming up, and there's just so many good players right now in the PGA Tour. So I can see both sides of this thing. Um, I like what Tiger Woods has said. Um, obviously, Rory. Um, and then Justin Thomas and, and John Ram and John Rahm have also come out and uh, you know defended the PGA and they and they want to play against the, the best week in and week out in the PGA. No, go over you know and play in the Saudi Tour and the bullshit no cut and you know fifty four hole shit. No, they want to play every week against the best. And really, the 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 Live Golf Series, I don't think they've got any really young guys that, that really really stand out to you. I mean, DeChambeau is coming off an injury. Hasn't really played well. Dustin Johnson's been a big-time slump. Same with Kepka ever since he got commercials and, and got fame. He, he don't give a shit about golf anymore. It seems like he's just in it for the money now, and he, he hasn't really won anything here in a couple years. Uh, then you look at a guy like Patrick Reed. Does he really move the needle? No. And then it's a lot of older guys trying to cash in, which I don't blame them, but you know, they're not really relevant anymore. Sergio Garcia, Louis Usave, and Kevin Naw, you know, guys like that. So... I, I can see, you know, why you want to go over and play there, especially if you're older. You know, you want to get that extra money. 
Um, but I think the PGA has actually raised the money, you know, for these guys to, to make more. I mean, granted, they make enough to begin with, but, you know, even more to try to kind of compete with this thing. So, um, but it's been a really good golf season, I think. A lot of great um, moments. I mean, that, that U.S. Open was great, like I, I mentioned, with Zalatoris and Fitzpatrick. Um, and then even the playoff, the Mito Pereira, absolute collapse on 18. And then Justin Thomas beats Willie Z. Uh, in the playoff, I actually had Willie Z winning both those tournaments. Bet him. Um, I don't know which one was more disappointing. I have to say the Fitzpatrick one probably. I, I had a feeling I was he was lucky to even make the playoff in the uh, PGA Championship, but he makes that. And you know, you go against Thomas. I'm like, ah, Thomas is just a better golfer at this point in his career, more experienced. And I kind of had my doubts about that one that Willie Z would pull that off in the playoffs, so, but all in all, been a really good golf season, I look forward to watching the last major here this week uh, of the British Open, um, got a lot to get to tonight with football, uh, we'll start off with the NFL, you know, how about Baker Mayfield getting traded last week, you know, the Browns trade him to Carolina for a fifth round pick, should make for an interesting uh, quarterback battle between him and Darnold, I, I think Mayfield's better, I think he'll win the job. Uh, it really didn't change Carolina's outlook too much, especially on the market. You know, the betting market, I think it was only moved from uh, six to six and a half. So it moved up a half game when Baker was traded there. I, like I said, I think he's better than Darnold, but I don't know. I, I want to root for the guy for sure. I, I hope they can make a playoff run. I was high on this team last year. They kind of disappointed me. Matt Roll, I mean, his job's on the line for sure. Uh, you can't count on Christian McCaffrey being healthy the last two years. Really hasn't played much. Uh, they got DJ Moore. You got you know some other nice pieces. They drafted a left tackle in the first round this year, and then actually defensively they were pretty solid last year. It's just they they didn't have the offense to help them out, and it was a lot of turnovers. Um, but they got some nice young defenders. Brian Burns at end. Uh, you got J.C. Horn at corner. Some other young guys that can that can play some ball. Um, but like I said, I, think I could see him maybe winning seven eight games. Is that enough to get you a wild card? I don't think so. Um, but I'm definitely rooting for Baker. I, I think Cleveland, um, you know, they loved them. You know, they 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 were blowing them left and right. And then uh, as soon as they get Watson, oh, we want them out of here. You know, this that. I mean, they'll change on you in a hurry. Like really, all fans do. But you know, they did uh, specifically. And I wouldn't have traded for Deshaun Watson. I mean, this this whole situation, the the 24 accusation, whatever it is. I mean, it just keeps going up and up. Uh, he, he's most likely going to be suspended. Could be a year. I've seen could be six to eight games. Regardless, you know, you're going to have to roll with Jacoby Brissett. You know, and I know this roster is fairly good, but I, I just don't like the move. And um, I think Stefanski's overrated as a coach. I, mean, I know he won Coach of the Year, I think, two years ago. But last year, I thought he was bad. And people say, oh, Mayfield was bad. Or, you know, I mean, the guy was hurt. Or, oh, he shouldn't have played then if he was hurt. Well, if you know the guy's hurt, then run the football. Run it. I mean, you got two great backs, a great line, and they want to continue to throw. Uh, it just didn't make any sense. I think he deserves some responsibility as well, and, and no one wants to mention that. It's always blame Baker, um, you know, but you know, put some blame on the coach too. I mean, he just – they didn't really call the right plays for him all the time. You know, they drop him back, and, you know, especially the Green Bay game I can remember on Christmas Day which I know I think he had three or four interceptions. He, he was bad, 
But they're getting five yards of carry. Keep running that thing. You don't got to throw it. Especially when you know the guy, you know, is wearing a shoulder harness, got a bad arm, and he can't rotate his body. Well, quit throwing it then, Dick. Run it. Um, it just didn't make sense. And they did that all year against Pittsburgh. My God, anyone last year watched the Steelers know you could run the football up and down on these guys. Oh, the holes. I mean, we've never seen that from Pittsburgh Steelers football, but it happened last year, folks. Uh, and Cleveland didn't want to do it. And, you know, it was insane to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, Watson's a good quarterback, you know, on the football side of things, you know, but he's really, I think what, won one playoff game since he's been at Houston. I mean, I know their roster kind of got deteriorated there when Bill O'Brien took over the ship and traded guys away and gave up a lot, but I don't know. I wouldn't have made the move. I don't really see him as a playoff team, especially with Watson getting suspended. I think, you know, it'd just be total outrage if he doesn't get suspended at all. I think he's going to get some type of, of punishment. He has to. Um, and I just don't see them as a playoff team. A tough division and, and a brutal AFC. Um, I don't see him, or I don't see them as a, a playoff team. And another team I'm really interested to watch this year, there's, there's a bunch of them, um, but the New England Patriots, I really am. I mean, this team just kind of a weird offseason, really didn't add too many pieces. They brought in Devontae Parker. You know, the draft kind of weird. They drafted a guard. Uh, from an FCS school, they draft a receiver in the third round. This team just can't draft receivers. You saw they just traded the guy they drafted in the first round a couple of years ago, Nikhil Harry, to the Bears. Um, no offensive coordinator. You got Matt Patricia and Joe Judge calling plays. Oh, Dick Mendelson, I can't wait to see this unfold during the season. But uh, it's they're an odd team. You can't count out Bill Belichick. Uh, I think he's going to retire sooner rather than later, though, folks. I really do. I could see this coming to an end. And, you know, and with no offensive coordinator, I mean, it really stunts Mac Jones' growth. I thought had a pretty good rookie season. I think he's a solid quarterback. But to have those two guys calling the plays, and uh, I'm just – I'm really skeptical of that. And we'll see how that unfolds during the regular season. And, you know, also the Miami Dolphins getting a lot of hype, you know, a lot of uh, free agent additions they made. Chase Edmonds in the backfield, you know, Tyreek Hill, obviously. They bring in Armstead and, and Williams on the line. Uh, this team was already a, a pretty good defensive team. They lose Brian Flores, though, you know, obviously on the defensive side of the ball. But I think this really comes down to two things. It comes down to actually three. Can their coach adjust, you know, to being a head coach? You know, he's never been a head coach. He was from the uh, 49ers. He's the OC. How well does he adjust to, you know, playing this, in this tough division in the AFC? And then I look at Tua. You know, can he get the guys the ball in space? Waddle and, and, and Hill and, and Gusecki. Even Cedric Wilson. I forgot about him. They added him from uh, Dallas, another underrated addition. Can he just get these guys the ball in space, make throws, uh, not turn the football over? Um, what I've seen so far, all signs point to that not being able to happen, but this is kind of a make or break year for him. Uh, and then the offensive line was one of the worst, I think bottom five in the NFL last year. Those two additions will help him, but Armstead, he hasn't really been healthy. So can you count on him and rely on him to be healthy? Uh, a lot of young guys playing on the offensive line. So I think that's what their season comes down to. And I think they're over and under is eight and a half. I wouldn't have any play on it, but I'm just interested to see how that team does. And Miami is hasn't had a great history recently of being successful since Dan Marino hasn't been in uniform. Uh, kind of dysfunctional, kind of up and down. You know, they don't, you know, handle expectations well. 
but they have won, you know, I think Flores won 10 games two years ago, and last year they won nine. Somehow went on a Mickey Mouse seven-game win streak to get the 500. They were on the outside looking in the playoffs, but um, it, it was a really, really soft schedule. But, again, they're, I think they're a borderline playoff team who I'm really interested in watching. And then, you know, go over to the NFC. We talked about Carolina already. Another team I'm interested to watch this year, um, I'm actually pretty bullish on them. I think they're going to have a great year is the New Orleans Saints. I see this team as a playoff team. Uh, I'm going to, you know, I like the over on their uh, win total. I think it's eight, eight and a half. Depends on which uh, sports book you, you get it at. But I like this team. I mean, I know Jameis Winston uh, and Michael Thomas coming back from injury, possible suspension for Kamara, you know, his uh, ordeal we had out in Vegas. But uh, Winston was pretty good last year when he played. I think he had 14 touchdowns and three interceptions, something like that. Um, they were four and two when he was playing. So I, I like Winston. I think he can just do just enough. Uh, as long as he's not turning the football over like he did with that 30 interception season in Tampa. Uh, but I like the weapons they got. Michael Thomas coming back from injury when he's healthy. This guy's one of the you know top five receivers in the league. You know they bring in Chris Olave. They draft him in the first round. They they signed Jarvis Landry. Uh, they did lose Armstead. I just talked about him. They lost him to Miami, but they did draft a, uh, a tackle in the first round. Also added uh, uh, a veteran at left tackle, so they'll you know battle it out there. But the rest of the line's returning. It's one of the best in football. And then really where I want to go, though, is this defense. This defense should be great. It was last year. I mean, they beat Tampa Bay each and every year. They have Brady's number somehow except that one playoff game. But they got some studs, man. I mean, Cam Jordan. You got uh, their inside, you know, D tackle. I uh, can't remember his name right now. He's a good ball player. You got Demario Davis. You got Pete Warner at linebackers. Lattimore. Um, the other corner spot was a little bit of weakness. They draft that uh, this year. I think in the you know second round they had a and, and then also in the uh, twenty twenty one draft they they drafted a corner. So they're trying to build up that secondary. And they also bring in the Honey Badger. Uh, Marcus May, they lose Marcus Williams, but Marcus May and Marcus Williams are pretty similar type players. Uh, you still got P.J. Williams down there. You're going to bring in Sorensen. You know, I know he isn't great, but, hey, you can bring him in some certain packages. Um, and they have a lot of depth in that secondary, though. Gardner Johnson, um, I like this team. In the division, you, you figure you could get four wins, at least three. You know, you could sweep Atlanta. You know, probably split with Carolina. You may even beat them twice, and then they've beaten Tampa. I mean, they have their number. So you're looking at at least four or five wins at minimum there. Uh, they do play the AFC North, which is tough, um, and the NFC West. I mean, it ain't going to be easy, um, but a lot of their bigger games are at home. I think they get the Bengals at home, Baltimore. Um, I think the Rams, too. I could be wrong about that, but, yeah, and I mean, Seattle and Arizona are kind of – I don't think they'll be very good this year. So I, I like this New Orleans Saints team. I really do. I think they're going to have a good season. I think they make the playoffs. I like the Dennis Allen hire, just you know, keep it in-house, good uh, defensive coach, make defense great again. They're all about that down there in New Orleans. They can play some ball uh, and get after you. Uh, I do think they'll miss Sean Payton a little bit. I'm a little concerned about that. That was my one concern about this team. Uh, it would be that and the Kamara suspension for how long. Um, but I, I like this team a lot. I think they're going to have a great year. And then you know, another team I mentioned watching always is Green Bay, you know, because they trade away Devontae Adams, didn't have the cap space. Obviously, Rodgers takes that big contract. Um, 
this receiving core is probably bottom five, bottom ten in the NFL. I mean, honestly, I mean, you what? You got Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb kind of past his prime. They bring in Sammy Watkins, another guy. Yeah, he's getting up there, and, you know, he's always hurt. Can you count on him? They draft a second-round receiver from uh, North Dakota State. Can you trust a rookie, especially with Rodgers? You know, it seems like you got to gain his trust and, you know, develop – uh, the relationship over time on the field, you know, all the, the throws he wants to make. Um, so I, I expect a big year from the running backs, a lot of uh, action going to them, to uh, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. But this team's still good, man. I mean, they got a top-five offensive line. They're going to have Bakhtiari back from injury. Uh, Jenkins, the guard, you know, he, he's really a, a do-everything lineman for them. He'll, he'll be back from injury at some point. And this defense got to be top five in the league. I mean, they brought everybody back. They bring back Rasul Douglas. He was, you know, a big part in their success last year at corner when they had some injuries. He stepped up. Jay Alexander's probably the top three corner in football. Um, you know, they lose to Darius Smith. Okay, great. I mean, you got Preston Smith back, and Rashawn Gary's one of the best pass rushers, developing into one of the best uh, in the NFL right now. Kenny Clark in the middle. They draft two guys. Um, from Georgia, the, the middle linebacker, and a DN. They got a lot of heat for it. Well, I need a receiver. True. But also your run defense was, was pretty poor last year, so they try to shore that up. You know, the defensive end and a linebacker both will be playing, I think, valuable roles for this team. But I expect this defense to be a top five, maybe, you know, take a little bit more of the load off Aaron. I still think they win a division, personally. I mean, we'll get into our predictions, you know, playoffs and, and win-losses, things like that here coming up. But I still like them to win a division. I mean, you look at it, I mean, Chicago's a mess. They stink. Uh, the Lions, I think they're actually going to be better than Detroit. I think they're going to you know, be a little bit better than last year. But still don't have the quarterback and, and not enough defensive pieces yet. But I do think they'll make some strides there with Dan Campbell. And the Vikings, you can go either way with them. I've seen a lot of people saying, oh, they're going to win a division. You've got a lot of high expectations for them. Um, but I don't know. It's still Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's decent. I like the weapons they have. I mean, Cook and, and Thielen and, and Justin Jefferson are all great players. The offensive line's kind of shaky. The defense got beat like drums all last year. Maybe they'll be better, you know, that Zimmer's gone. They got an offensive coach in there now. Uh, they tried to, you know, remake the defense with some young guys. They brought in Zadarius Smith from Green Bay to pair with Daniil Hunter uh, to rush the passer. We'll see. Um, the schedule looks, you know, favorable for them. I could see them possibly being a wild card team, or I could just see them being the same old Vikings, being eight and nine, you know, seven, eight, nine win team, maybe miss out on the playoffs. So I don't know. Uh, so I, I still think Green Bay is the favorite and should win this division. Whether or not they're a Super Bowl contender, I'm not sure. I would say probably not right now, but then again, this NFC is weak, man. I mean, there's probably three or four teams you consider in the Super Bowl window, uh, where the AFC, I mean, it's just, you know, loaded. But, you know, it should be an interesting NFL season. So much movement around the league. You know, really the last guy standing is Jimmy G. We'll see where he lands or if, you know, San Francisco decides to keep him. But that should be really interesting. But I want to move over to some college football stuff now, folks. And it's it's getting close, man. I love some college football um, you know, the media days here, Big 12 media day was today. You got that coming out, all these, you know, magazines and, you know, all this stuff starting to get rolling. And there's been a lot of talk about stuff off the field with college football uh, from the conference realignment. It was a shocker. Uh, USC and UCLA, they go to the Big 10. Um, 
I think it benefits big time, the Big Ten and those schools, because now the Big Ten can recruit coast to coast. Um, you know, in USC, they, they get to, in UCLA, get to play in big games in great stadiums. I mean, Nebraska, Wisconsin, you know, the shoe, um, you know, the big house, uh, Iowa. I mean, a lot of the, these places live and die with football, Penn State. A lot of great environments, so you get to play in big games week in and week out. Obviously, a lot had to do with money and revenue. Uh, and like I said, helps the Big Ten because now they can recruit kids on the West Coast maybe that wouldn't have gone to a, a school like you know Nebraska or Minnesota or whatever. Now you can go out there and recruit those guys. Um, and then people are like, well, what's going to happen to the Pac-12? Who cares? It's stunk for years. They stink. Um, you know, this conference is probably going to have to merge with the Big 12. Um, we'll see. But this this conference hasn't been run well. Uh, the revenues compared to the other conferences isn't even close. Uh, a lot of unwatchable football. They haven't had a playoff participant in five years. I still are going to stand by my prediction. Twenty twenty six. If the league, the league might not even still be in existence by twenty twenty six. How about that? Um, but uh, I'm just going to have to withstand these next two years. You know, for the Pac twelve not to make the playoff because those two will leave in twenty twenty four. Um, but we probably should have seen this coming, folks. I mean, the dominoes kind of fell last year with Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC, and I think we're looking at some mega conferences here, maybe two or three, all the best teams playing each other. Do I like it? Not necessarily, but uh, there's just so much change in college football. You just kind of got to get used to it, a lot with this NIL stuff as well. I think it's great. I think you get kids, you know, that can benefit, you know, off their name. Not all the money going, you know, to all these schools. So I think these NIL deals are good to an extent, but I don't understand. I don't like and don't understand this this concept of um, these freshmen, you know, being recruited. These 17, 18 year old kids, you know, getting nine million dollar NIL deals. I I don't think that's what uh, the rules were were made for the, when they you know let the name, image, and likeness uh, occur last year. I don't think it was for that. I really don't. I just, I think it's a bad precedent. I think it's tough on the kid that that's receiving that because other teammates are going to be like, man, where's mine at? And, you know, and he hasn't really proven anything at the college level yet. He hasn't even started a game yet. And he, he got this huge NIL deal. So I don't really like that. It puts a lot of pressure, um, you know, and you don't even know how they're going to handle their money. You know, they, they don't know. And these are young kids we're talking about. So I don't like – I like players, you know, getting their money while they can because football is a tough sport. You don't know how long you're going to play. you got to make the most of your opportunities. But I don't really like this incoming freshman stuff. But that's what the recruiting is now. I mean, remember when guys used to go to schools, you know, to you know, to, uh, you know, know, for the facilities or, you know, coach would talk about, yeah, we got to recruit and develop our players, you know, and, and, and develop them for three or four years. That's not the case anymore. I mean, it's these top recruits are, hey, who's giving me the best NIL deal and who can get me to the NFL the quickest? That's where they're going now. So um, I think we just got to get used to it, though. I think it will. I mean, right now it is like the wild, wild west. I mean, there's really no, uh, like, commissioner. You know, college football could probably use one, someone like that. There's no real, you know, um, not a ton of guidelines. But I, I think eventually it's going to slow down and, you know, people are going to get used to things. And this transfer portal, um, 
has just been insane too. I mean, guys transferring. I think you just got to keep it to one time after the season. They can't transfer in year, all that. I think if they just say, hey, you can transfer from this period to that period, I think that would, would fix issues like that. And also we don't want guys, um, you know, like what happened with Jordan Addison where they, you know, were pr- trying to pry the best players away from, you know, middle-of-the-road programs, schools like Pitt. I mean, I think that's what's – been happening the tampering stuff that, that got to end um I, I definitely think usc tampered there you know try to get a one of pitt's best players and but pitt and schools like them are going to do the same thing to the small schools it's the rich are going to get richer um but those mid-tier schools will steal guys from the mac or you know the sunbelt one of these smaller leagues so i think that's just how this transfer portal really goes for right now like i said we'll see if more guidelines are put in place but i think the conferences are going to really Roll college football here. The NCAA basically said, "Hey, we're we're done with this. We're you know couldn't win in court. Uh, they're they're stepping back, and you know now it's just you know all over the place, and you know so much change going on. But I do think it will settle down, and people get used to change, and you know there's a lot of change uh, in college football going on this off season. Um, but now let's get to the actual play on the field, which we're all looking forward to. Like I said, they're heading to camp here in a couple weeks." First game, I think it's, you know, 50 days away, some 52 days away. Um, so, and there's a big week one, three great games on. You got Utah. You got Utah versus Florida uh, in the swamp. Actually looked into going to that game, just, you know, too expensive, folks. But it's going to be a great game. Billy Napier uh, opening his tenure at home in front of 90,000 fans against a Utah team who's projected in the top 10, you know, uh, uh, a favorite to make the playoff, you know, break that Pac-12 drought. You know, a lot of people have been saying Utah is a team. They obviously lose Devin Lloyd, a few defensive pieces, but they got everyone returning on offense, you know, their tight end, uh, their running back, you got Cam Rising back quarterback. So this should be a good squad. Um, and speaking of Florida, I think it's going to be one of the most improved teams in football in college this year. I really do. Uh, Phil Steele, the, you know, the magazine guy, he says the same thing. You know, and I agree. I mean, I think they're going to unleash Anthony Richardson. Last year, he was kind of held back a little bit. You know, they were playing Emory Jones. He wasn't very good, you know, and effective. Uh, so I think he's going to get full reign. Um, you know, they brought in a couple transfers along the offensive line. They had a couple returning. Um, you know, pretty solid skill positions. And defensively, they can't be any worse than they've been the last few years. they got a lot of talent. Uh, if you look at the recruiting, I mean, they bring in great number one safety this year. Um, the D tackle, you know, he was number one, you know, at his position a few years back. Um, they got a lot of guys returning. They got six or seven guys on defense. I expect this to be the most improved team in football. Uh, I think an eight or nine win season will be good in his first year and then continue to build this thing up and recruit. But I think the Gators are going to. You know, have a nice bounce back year here uh, in 2022. And then, you know, those other two games, we got Georgia versus Oregon. I think it's going to be a closer game than people expect. I know Georgia defending national championship, they're loaded. They recruit well. Uh, you got Bennett back at quarterback. You got Bowers. You know, you got a couple of your weapons, uh, three or four of their offensive line. But they lose everybody almost off that defense. I think they only got three or four guys back. Um, I think it's – you want to get George at the beginning of the year before they set their defense and get things, you know, adjusted and, and up to speed. 
uh, playing a lot of young guys. So I think that's the best chance to beat them is early in the year. So that's why I give Oregon a shot here. I love the hire of Dan Lanning. Um, you know, this defense got, you know, a lot of guys returning, probably one of the best linebacking cores in the country. Uh, all five offensive linemen back. Uh, they obviously lose Travis Dye to, to, to USC. Uh, but, the, you know, the other backs there. And then they bring in Bo Nix. Uh, I think he's going to have a big year. I really do. There's always that one surprise quarterback that takes that leap that no one sees, like Joe Burrow in 19 and then Trask in 2020. Uh, Kenny Pickett last year. I, I could see Bo Nix being the guy this year. I really can. Um, you know, you got to win the job first. But I think if he does that, I think he's going to have a big, big year uh, in, in Oregon. I, I do. I, I like this team. I think they, they definitely cover that spread of 18. I could see them, you know, making this a game. He's played against Georgia before. He has the experience. Uh, obviously, Dan Lanning, you know, he's never been a head coach, but he knows Georgia. He knows their in and out, ins and outs. Uh, he's been recruiting really well, so I think the future is bright for Oregon. They just got to find themselves a conference. Um, but and the rest of their schedule, I mean, they get Utah at home, all their bigger games, UCLA. Uh, they avoid USC. They get BYU, one of their bigger, uh, their second biggest non-conference game at home. They're going to be a good football team too, though. But I like Oregon this year. I think they make it a game with Georgia. Um, right now, I don't have Georgia making the playoff. Heading into this year, uh, I'll give you my four teams here that I'm making it at the end, and then obviously the matchup we all been talking about all off season. You know, I've been messing with Dick Menges daily. Notre Dame at Ohio State. I can't wait. I've been messing with him so bad uh, that Notre Dame's going to win. I don't think there are folks. I think Notre. I think. Um, I think Ohio State wins this game. I do think it's going to be a closer game than he expects and many expect. Because this Notre Dame team, they got some players now. Let's not forget. They got the best tight end in football. This team last year was really young, and, and they got a lot back. Their offensive line is going to be you know, one of the best in the nation. Some of these magazines rate them the best. I think the big question is a quarterback. Who do they go with? They go with uh, Buchner or Drew Pine. Um, if they can get that right, I, I see this team winning nine or ten ball games, playing in a big bowl. Uh, they return a lot defensively. You know, Isaiah Foskey, defensive end, one of the best in the country. Uh, they bring in Brandon Joseph, the safety from Northwestern. He was an All-American. Um, he transfers in to replace Kyle Hamilton. And I love Marcus Freeman. I think this guy is going to be, a, you know, a home run as a head coach. You know, he's right there at Ohio State recruiting for, for next year. He's landed, you know, Lloyd Carr's grandson in, in uh, 2024. I mean, he's recruiting hard. I mean, the guy never sleeps. He's always recruiting yeah, he talked about that in this press conference interview. It's all about recruiting. He's done a great job of that. Now we'll see if he's able to develop these guys and actually coach them when it comes to game time, which I'll give Brian Kelly was good at that. But this guy was a dick, and he made excuses. Well, you know, there's a lot of red tape we got to cut through, or, you know, we can't always get the best shot for the best players in Notre Dame. Bullshit. It's Notre Dame, dude. It's Notre Dame. And I think he was a little bit lazy in his recruiting, and it's shown, you know, because he said, oh, we can't get these guys, and Marcus Freeman is doing it. Um, and I think he's an odd fit at LSU. I think, you know, three to five years from now, we're going to be saying, you know what? It's a good move Notre Dame, you know, made, you know, keeping it in-house, hiring Marcus Freeman. I think this guy's a young uh, coach on the rise. He's going to get this defense playing ball. Uh, and you say, wow, he struggled last year in that first game. Gets so excited. Well, yeah, he did. It's his first game. Um, but this guy, he transformed that Cincinnati Bearcats defense into what they, you know, are or what they were the last few years uh, coaching there. 
Um, and even Notre Dame's defense was good last year, really into that bowl game. They got exposed a little bit. But, hey, I mean, it happens. It's it's tough playing defense nowadays. That's why I love defensive coaches, though, and teams that do play defense. It's about making defense great again. Uh, and you can still win with defense. We saw that last year with Georgia. Uh, the Rams did it throughout the playoffs, regardless of what people want to say. Um, when it matters most, you got to have a defense. And year in and year out, it happens. People want to talk offense over and over and over again. But defense is where the money's made, folks. You got to win with it sometimes. So, but I'm but I'm high in there today. Like I said, I think the next couple years are going to win a national championship, um, and he's going to do much better than uh, Brian Kelly does at LSU. That's that's my prediction. Um, but for this game, I like Ohio State to win. Like I said, probably seven to ten points. Uh, this this offense is absolutely loaded. I mean, you got Stroud, you got Henderson, and, and uh, you know Smith and Jigba. Uh, those three are enough right there. But you got Harrison, you got other guys. This offensive line, plenty of guys returning. Really, they struggled defensively last year. Just couldn't stop the run. The secondary struggled at times as well. They bring in Jim Knowles, the DC from Oak State, who did a great job. Really. Um, turned around Oak State's defense, who was never known for it. Now they, they were playing great defense under Knowles. I think that's that's that was a huge, huge uh, addition to this team. And I got Ohio State winning the national championship, folks. I, like I said, it's, it should be uh, a runaway championship. I like Ohio State um, to win the Natty. If you look at the schedule, I mean, they get Michigan at home, Wisconsin at home. I think one of their sneaky, tough games um, – is at Penn State. Penn State's got a lot returning, and you know they've they've recruited really well. But do you trust James Franklin? I don't. Um, so so the schedule really benefits them, uh, and then also they get you know at Michigan State, who they absolutely pants last year, and I think Michigan State's actually going to take a step back. They were a surprise team last year. Uh, they lose you know Kenneth Walker. Uh, one of their top receivers, and defensively they weren't really good. I mean, their pass defense, one of the worst in the nation. They kind of got exposed. So I like uh, Ohio State to roll through the schedule. They might lose maybe one game, um, but I think they win the national championship. I really do, and I think they're going to play Clemson, who's a team I'm really high on in the ACC this year. Uh, I think they're going to be back. Um, they're like, well, you know, the quarterback. Well, they got one waiting in the wings, folks. He could be the next, um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, not as good as him coming in, but it could be the same situation the way he enters, um, where Kelly Bryant you know, was in there, and then boom, they go to this guy, and he just tears it up. I could see the same thing here. They'll probably start with DJ, with Cade Klubnick, the the the, uh, the freshman. Uh, they said he looked really good in the spring, highly touted, highly recruited. I think he's going to be playing by the end of the year. Um, they got Shipley in the backfield and Kobe Paste, really two good running backs. You know, their offensive line's all returning and, you know, it was really young last year. They struggled, but towards the end of the year, you could see they started getting their run game going. They started getting better. So I expect them to be more effective uh, up front where they struggled. And defensively, I, I, this can be one of the best, this can be the best defense in the country. Uh, and it's going to be up there with the Georgia defensive last year. I really believe that. I can see six or seven guys getting taken in the first first two rounds. I mean, this defensive line is absolutely loaded, all returning. Brian Brees, Miles Murphy, uh, Xavier Thomas. you got so many other guys coming back. you got Simpson at linebacker. This guy's a ball player, man. He can fly. Um, you know, they got guys in the secondary. Their safety. Uh, this defense, even if their offense is struggling early in the year, this defense is going to keep them in games and win them games. 
Uh, and that's why I like them to, to get to a national championship. Uh, I think they lose to Ohio State. Um, but I'm, I'm high on Clemson bouncing back. And also the schedule. They have no really – their toughest test is at Notre Dame. They could even lose a game, you know, win the rest of them, win the, you know, the ACC championship and get in. But they got to go to Notre Dame. Um, but they, they got to go to Wake Forest. That's part of their two toughest road games. They get NC State, who beat them last year, who got a lot returned. They got the most in ACC, 18 starters back. They should be a good ball club, but I like Clemson to beat them. And they own Wake Forest, man. They just pants them every year, even if Wake Forest has a good team. The scheme they run down there, you know, defensive lines that are good just dominate it. You know, that long, long, you know, kind of option handoff thing they do there. So they kind of just own them. And, you know, South Carolina, they get them at home to end the year. So, I mean, what I look for in teams to make the playoff, folks, really, I mean, what is, what do you got returning? What's your schedule like? Uh, you know, the path that it takes to get there. And then who are you going to play in the championship of your game? I mean, they're going to have to play who? Either, you know, North Carolina, Pitt, or Miami from the other side, which I do think Miami's going to be an improved football team as well. I, I honestly, I think Florida um, – Miami, and there's a few other ones. Those would be my top five most improved teams in the country. I think Miami will do that. Cristobal recruiting at a high level. They got Tyler Van Dyke back, at quarterback. Uh, th- this kid's a stud. He threw all over Pitt last year, and they seem to own Pitt re- regardless if they're you know in a down year or not. But I think they win the Coastal this year. You know, I love Pitt, big Pitt fan. But I think they'll face Miami uh, in the ACC championship game, which again, I think Clemson's is better than Miami at this point right now. Uh, so that's why I like Clemson. Um, but back to that ACC coastal division, this Pitt Panthers team, I think they're still going to be good folks. I mean, they're still going to win eight or nine games. Um, you know, they got, you know, eight starters back on defense Their whole offensive line returns. I think the Addison loss hurts, but they got other receivers coming in. They got a transfer freshman, all American from Akron. I think he'll step in and be a, Big-time playmaker, the returner, top three running backs. We'll see how slow this develops. That's really the question I have is the quarterback, you know, they lose Whipple, Kenny Pickett, and Addison all in the same offense. I think that's too much to to lose and then, you know, think you can win the, the ACC, let alone the Coastal, but the whole ACC, I don't think it's happening. You, you can't lose those three all in one offseason. Too much going on there, but I still think they're going to be a solid football team. Um, this defense should be really good. I mean, they got a lot. You know, especially up front, one of the best defensive lines, uh, Cansey, you know, Maldonado. Uh, they got, you know, Dennis at linebacker. They got some ball players here. Uh, like I said, I think they'll win eight or nine games, but I do think Miami takes the Coastal this year. Um, uh, but I, I like Clemson overall to win the ACC. Um, but my four playoff teams right now, if I had to go, would, would definitely be uh, Alabama, I mean, this team's loaded, and it's crazy, but I, I do. I like Clemson, Ohio State, and the Natty. I think Bama's loaded, but I think they get upset in the playoff. Um, but they're a definite playoff team. And the fourth playoff team right now, I, I don't even know if I have a fourth team right now, honestly. I, I said it wasn't Georgia, um, and, and I, you know I ain't picking a Pac-12 team, folks. Come on. I like Oregon, though, out of, out of all the Pac-12 teams. I like Oregon to win the Pac-12. I think Utah is good, but... I don't know if they're at that elite level yet. And then USC, don't get me started, folks. Don't get me started on USC bullshit. This team got more transfers than anybody, and you act like you're all going to gel that quickly. I mean, it, we've never seen anything like it. Um, 
and, and whether or not people want to admit, Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma, this program was trending down the last three years. I mean, his offensive numbers have went down. Um, the wins, I mean, the COVID year, they, they weren't good. Last year, I mean, he, he half-assed it and they mailed it in. I was so high on this team. Uh, I thought they had the talent to win the championship because their defense, all the guys they had back, and, and it looked like Alex Grinch, the D.C., was starting to turn the corner with that defense, and they were just – they weren't – you know, they didn't live to expectations. Uh, Spencer Rattler was pulled, and they went to Caleb Williams, and he got pulled in the Baylor game, and they barely beat Kansas in these teams. And now you want to tell me, oh, they're a national champion, uh, championship contender at USC, and they're going to win 10, 11 games. The fuck out of here. I know the schedule's easy. Um, but still, I think they're going to, you know, stub their toe against a few opponents. I mean, they still got to get Notre Dame at home. I think Notre Dame will dominate them with the line of scrimmage because this USC squad, they got great skill guys, but it isn't a seven-on-seven league, folks. Their offensive line doesn't have much depth. Their entire defense uh, stinks last year. It was the worst in the Pac-12. Uh, so I think they got a lot of work to do there. They got to go to Utah. I think that's a loss. Uh, UCLA could be a loss. And Fresno State, I keep telling Dick Mendes this. He wants to write him up, well, it's Devontae Adams and Derek. No, they have a good football team. They're a good program. Uh, they won 10 games last year. Got the quarterback return, all kind of starters, 16 guys, I think. Um, I know USC's at home, but I could see you know that being a game. They, they slip up, and Fresno almost beat Oregon last year. So, I mean, this is a good football team. Um, I think they're going to lose three or four games. I'm, I bet the under on their win total. Um but they're not a playoff team. Um, so I actually make my decision when we, we make our official picks for the fourth playoff spot. Um, and then really the one other conference uh, we haven't hit too much of was the uh, the Big 12, which I think it's really hard to decipher this offseason, folks. It really is. I mean, there's just so much going on uh, with a lot of movement. I mean, obviously Venable's in there as a new coach. They got you know new OC. They get Jeff Lebby from Old Miss, who did a great job with Lane Kiffin. Uh, and, and they had to use the portal. They got Dylan Gabriel from UCF at quarterback and to fill some other holes in that roster. I love Venables. I like the hire, um, but can they win the Big 12? I'm not sure. There's so much up uh, up for grabs. Uh, can Baylor replicate their success? I thought Dave Miranda, you know, Dave Miranda did a great job last year, but they return their entire offensive line and defense line, which is huge, but they just got to get the skilled guys right. Uh, and find some secondary piece, but Baylor's going to be a player. Um, Texas, I think they'll be good, maybe eight, yeah, eight, nine wins. Uh, Quinn Ears, the uh, the transfer from Ohio State, he's in there to start, you know, going to be battling with Hudson Carr. I mean, this this team gets more number one quarterbacks. How about you pick one and roll with it here, and let's let's build some. They get Arch Manning coming in next year, so... Uh, that, that quarterback room is going to really in, be interesting and see who transfers, you know, Ewers can't transfer. He already uses one-time transfer thing here. So uh, that quarterback room is going to be interesting. But they got some skill guys. I'll give them that. They got Robinson at running back, who's going to be a Heisman you know, candidate. You got Worthy at receiver. Um, they bring in a tight end, Billingsley from Alabama. I mean, they, this team got weapons. But it, it comes down to how do they do up front because they really struggled on the offensive line last year, gave up a ton of sacks. And then defensively, they stunk. Um, but they're definitely a player. Uh, and then you look at Oak State. I think they're going to lose – or not lose. They uh, they did lose Knowles. They're going to miss him dearly. Uh, they lost a lot of defenders. I think they take a step back, you know, eight or nine win team. Um, but I don't think they're going to replicate the success of last year. They're going to have to rely on their offense more, and they lost their top running back and receiver. 
and Spencer Sanders was was pretty shaky last year, turning over the football. So I could see this being a, a league where a dark horse wins, uh, a team like a, a TCU, um, you know, or a Kansas State. I, I like what Kansas State got. They got Deuce Vaughn, one of the best running backs in the country. They got the the leading sack guy in the nation besides Will Anderson at Alabama. They get Martinez, the transfer in from Nebraska, a quarterback. Can he just, you know, maintain um, a good level of play and not turn the football over? That's a big question, but I like this Kansas State team. I like them over on their win total right now at six and a half. I think they're going to win at least seven or eight ball games. Um, it's a tough schedule. I mean, they do get Oklahoma um, and Baylor, uh, Oak State as well. I think two or three of the two of the three are on the road, so it, it ain't going to be easy, but. I think this K-State team could be a sleeper in the Big 12. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a great football season, folks. I can't wait. Like I said, camp right around the corner, the countdown of the games. Uh, those week one games should be tremendous. We'll have all our predictions here in the coming weeks, you know, for the next month or so with NFL division winners. You know, we'll give you a couple over and unders to look at. Same with college football. Um, but, you know, we you know, dove into a lot here tonight. We'll have Dick Menges back. Uh, get his opinion on you know some of the golf stuff, and then also a lot of the college football changing the landscape with the divisions, you know the NIL transfer portal, and then obviously the play on the field is what we really love talking about here. But thanks for uh, tuning in tonight, folks. Uh, enjoy the British Open and uh, have a good night. Thanks.